What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 20, the final episode of the year in season one of Batman News Weekly. Now, we are doing things a little different from the usual podcast where we give you everything that is Batman related on this podcast. We're actually going to do our top 10 Batman stories of the year. If you're watching YouTube, I'm pretty sure you're seeing a bunch of top 10s everywhere. This is what everybody's doing during the Christmas holiday. So we're wishing you a Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate it, happy normal day. And uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and run through our top 10 Batman stories of this year. So uh, Clay, well, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good, man. You know, this list was actually a little harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, I and to think about it, I thought a 10 comics overall would have been mm-hmm. like pretty easy, but putting it down to just one character like the Batman and we're talking more of the Batman universe, of course, but you know, just thinking about just the genre of Batman altogether and mm-hmm. we were looking at it like with what the past 2 months and there was like gosh over 80 books or something yeah or like 60 or 80 books or something like that in the batman universe and to bring it down all the way to your top 10 was kind of difficult for me but in all in all you know when it came down to it uh some of them were really really easy to you know take off the list but some of them were just like i have to put this on that list you know yeah for sure yeah so we're not going to waste any time because I'm pretty sure people, uh, if I upload this on Christmas, which was the plan, uh, I just want to mess with their gifts today and listen to us <laughs> in the background. So let's get started. What was your top 10 book on your list? So my number 10 was Curse of the White Knight number one. Okay. The reasoning behind that is mainly they introduced this really cool renaissance of the mm-hmm. uh basically the the uh, ancestors of the waynes and just that yeah. opening was so cool you know seeing a wayne with a rapier and just mm-hmm. that old spaniard-esque uh background looked really really cool i loved the concept of a dracula uh, uh joker and all that so it, it was very intriguing uh i wanted to put it a little bit lower on my list but yeah. Really, Curse of the White Knight is all, all together is just a really long book full of, I guess, uh, 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 what's uh, fandom Easter eggs. But just, sure. but just that portion was what I really loved about that first issue. So that's why yeah. it's my number ten. Yeah. So I will say this in advance, just uh, spoilers. I have no Curse of the White Knight on my list. Oh wow. So yeah, I have no Curse of the White Knight on my list, just because I feel like sequels to something are always just not as good as the original you know although i am enjoying curse of the white knight not not digging that at all but i was just looking through the list because i had narrowed it down to like 20 and it was like three curse of the white knights and i was like oh man i was like you know what i was all i don't remember a lot from each issue to want to put it on my list whereas other issues i was like no that needs to be on my list that needs to be on my list because of this this, and that um but i'm enjoying that story I will say my still, because what, we're six issues into that series? Yeah. I think my biggest gripe is that he has not freaking talked about what he talked about at the end of freaking White Knight. Yeah. 
which is Batman liking the violence and liking beating people up. Yeah, for sure. And I think we we think he's wreck on that. But um, yeah, I mean that's not bad. So my top ten or my number ten is actually Batman Damned number three. So that came out earlier this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, I will say uh, one of the main reasons why I put this on my list is because that creative team got fucked over. That was one of the biggest reasons because that book got pushed back multiple months, like almost like four to six or something like that. It was like a good amount of time, right? Yeah. Because both of the first two books came out in 2018. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and even they were posting about it on Instagram and Twitter that DC like straight up wasn't promoting the book and stuff like that. And the book itself was pretty good. Like I thought it was a solid conclusion to the end of what was a pretty good story. And, um, you know, it, it went down to this idea that Batman regretted not helping the Joker and Joker fell to his death and he got a, basically a Christmas wish, I think cause it was it during Christmas or it, he got a wish to be able to reverse that. And he ends up having the Joker live at the end. And I thought that was a very cool concept of Batman showing remorse or regret for the Joker because he could have saved him, but he didn't. And, uh, you know, he was kind of living with that pain or with that anger or whatever. And I always thought that was kind of cool. I thought it was a different spin on the idea of Batman. And I think it worked in that realm because a freaking, um, I'm forgetting the names right now, uh, Azarello and uh, Libermehu. Their style is very, like, kind of realistic. So I just felt like, yeah, somebody would definitely feel that. Uh, if it was a main continuity book, I might have been a little bit more, mm, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I think their style really uh, helped that story go along, especially with the cast of supernatural characters that it had. I really enjoyed that that story. So that was my number 10. Nice. So going on to number nine, my number nine was Batman 62. This was the Ooh, very beginning okay. of the nightmares. Mm-hmm. And I will say, this book definitely had me thinking, what the fuck is going on? But the main reason why it made my top 10 was the fact that Mitch Gerards mm-hmm. really got to kind of let loose on his art style with the uh-huh. Professor Pig and Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. this book, all in all, is in my mind really beautiful for the type of art style that Mr. Garage uses. Now, the art style that he uses on here is very reminiscent to what he was using on the covers for the Mr. Miracle issues. Mr. Miracle? Yeah. yeah. And he, you know, it was kind of like that glitch in the system type look. So it was meant yeah. to kind of like make you question what in the world's going on and kind of get you in that realm of maybe this is real, maybe it's not. So he really made that viable in the process of reading the book. So that's why it's my number nine. Yeah, that book was actually pretty cool. Uh, I remember reading it for the first time and I was just like, I think you were still working at the shop and we were like, dude, what the hell? (laughs) Like what's going on there? You know what I mean? Uh, But I thought it was pretty cool. It was a very interesting book. Um, because yeah, you at still at that point, we didn't know what was happening in nightmares because I don't think Tom King had really said anything about it. Cause I think that was the second book in nightmares, if I'm not mistaken. 
It was fairly early on in No, it was the very first one. So yeah. a lot of people were... Oh, it was the first yeah. one? So yeah, so people didn't know what to expect yet. Um, and, you know, people were still on board at this point. A lot of people jumped off during Nightmares because they didn't understand it was a perspective comic and you weren't supposed to know what was going on. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty solid. That was I really liked what was going on. And yeah, it was just really weird. I was like, how the fuck is Damien like Mr. Pig? And then we realized later on that, you know, that's one of Batman's just worst nightmares of Damien becoming a villain. So For sure. I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, so my number nine is actually Batman Last Night on Earth. And the reason why it's my number nine is because I was very hopeful of that book before the way it just ended in the previous podcast we just talked about. So <laughs> I was loving the concept. I thought the concept of Batman Last Night on Earth was really badass during number one. It was this post-apocalyptic world with a cloned Bruce Wayne and he was just kind of trying to figure out what was going on. Alfred was still alive. We saw a bunch of different cast of characters in this first book. Uh, and it was basically kind of like a journey with, you know, a headless, or I should say with just the head of Joker. And it was cool. And it was interesting. And I, and I enjoyed the world that Snyder was building. And even book two was good. Book two was on my list until I axed it. Uh, but, yeah, like, and then it, then it went into, unfortunately, had a falling flat on its face story <laughs> in book three and uh yeah i just i don't know i just going back to remembering how i was excited to read book two after reading book one is why it's on my number nine list and i just think that that because i'm pretty sure it was issue one where actually i have it right here where batman gets out of the dirt and he's like in that insane asylum outfit yeah he has like the straight jacket on yeah that that art is so badass and uh, he's, like, holding the Joker's head and stuff like that. It was just really cool. And uh, I think visually, obviously, Capullo's always a badass. So I think, you know, he was knocking it out of the park with this first issue. But, yeah, I think Batman Last Night on Earth it just has that nostalgia feel of, like, this is going to be an epic Snyder story. Yeah. And it fell flat, unfortunately, <laughs> at the end of it. But number one, book one, was dope. So awesome. that's why it's my number nine on my list. Sweet. Now, number eight... I will admit this book I did not like when I first read it because technically I read it at like five in the morning and I fell asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> but mm -hmm. my number eight is Joker Harley Criminal Insanity number one. This book okay. was surprisingly good the second and third time I read it. Damn. You know, yeah. I was a huge fan of the show uh, Criminal Minds. This is very much a Criminal Minds-esque book, with Harley being that psychoanalysis-type character, kind of really diving deep into these, uh, these serial killers, these murderers, and kind of gives you that Criminal Minds scene where she's teaching that class, and it has yeah. all of the visuals uh, behind her when she's talking. You know, it really got me like excited for issues two and three a little bit of a side note our next review will have mm -hmm. number two so yeah. joker harley criminal insanity made my number eight have you read the second one yet i glimpsed through it yeah yeah i haven't read it yet i haven't read anything from this coming week or whatever so that's pretty interesting um yeah that book was really good i will say that um that's not on my list so wow. I I was I was thinking about it, but I was like 
I didn't want to go back and look at everything again. <laughs> um, but I remember that book being really good. And the hints and story, it's drawn so well. Like, it blows your mind how realistic that drawing oh, is. Oh, yeah. Peter Mayhew is great. It looks like Photoshop. Great. Super yeah, awesome it looks like for, Photoshop. for what his type of art style is. Yeah, so that story is really good. I do want to read book two. I just haven't had time to do it. Um, maybe I'll be able to read it tonight. We'll see. I got to do a lot of gift wrapping and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was uh, that was your number eight. So, so my number eight and seven, I'm going to talk about them at the same time because they're the, some of the best books I've ever read. <laughs> and it is freaking Batman 78 and 79, the Bat-Cat reconciliation or whatever when they finally get freaking together <laughs> these are some of my favorite books this year i put them low on the list because like i think just some of the other stuff is a little bit better or i just think it should be higher on the list but these two books i read back to back three times each they were fucking fantastic and i know that people are like what blah, 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 blah. no i am a huge bad cat fan i gushed about these both of these issues on the podcast and I just, they were drawn by Clay Mann, so they were fucking gorgeous. Some of the best water I have ever seen on an illustration page ever by freaking Tamore. And like, it was just, these books were so amazing because it was finally, we were finally getting those damn answers of just what's going on with Batman and Catwoman. Like, we've been dragged on since freaking issue 50. They're finally here on this island. They're finally here trying to – we're learning about what's happening in the city of Bane. And we see that Batman's finally getting back to being Batman mentally. And both of these two just freaking jabroni characters are finally realizing that they're stronger together opposed to being like, I got to be sad and I got to be sad and we can't be in love. And no, like it was fucking great. So having this love story be drawn by freaking Clayman, told by Tom King – I absolutely loved both of these issues, and if I could own some of this art, I totally would, <laughs> but it's like $10,000. It's so, insane. Uh, it, <laughs> it's insane. It is insane, but it is also freaking amazing. And yeah, I purely, those two those two are on my list just because I'm a huge Batcat fan, and I absolutely love that those finally, they finally got together in that in that aspect, and I thought it was freaking awesome. So that was my seven and eight. So what was your seven? So my number seven was Batman Last Night on Earth number one. So okay, it was your uh, nine. nine. It was my mm -hmm. eight. I absolutely love the uh, shots that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo were to put together. Like when he is, he wakes up in the hospital and you see like the, the fly, the eye of the fly. Yeah. And the uh, the fact that it kind of started with this mystery of, mm. you know, Crime Alley and the little boy. And just that story altogether still being a theme throughout the entire series was something that I really enjoyed. Unfortunately, like we said, it did fall flat. But this very first issue made it so intriguing even for mm -hmm. a prestige book to be as long as this was, it really held up. And I wasn't looking at the page count. You know, by the time yeah. it was over, I was like, damn, you know, this was a long book, but I still wanted more. So yeah. I really, really enjoyed this first issue. And hopefully it's something that maybe, you know, Snyder can mm -hmm. 
almost retcon himself and and kind of put a new spin on it later. You know, yeah. I don't want it anytime soon, but maybe mm-hmm. in another four or five years. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I will say I feel like those perspective shots and stuff that they did in issue one didn't happen in three or two, really. No, I don't believe so. so yeah, that's interesting. I didn't really think about it that way. So that's pretty awesome. So jump into number six is uh, number six. I actually have Batman Annual number four. Um, now, I know this book you weren't too pleased with when we talked about it on the podcast. But the thing I liked about it is I've always the reason why I liked it is because it showed a week and maybe possibly like a year in the life of Batman kind of. And I thought it was kind of cool because we don't see like a lot of people think that when it comes to continuity, everything's happening in like detective and all this other stuff like over like a, the course of a year or whatever. And it can be. But also, if you're a comic book fan. Time rule goes pretty fast, and you have to imagine that these guys are superheroes. These guys and girls are superheroes every day. Like they don't have like days off, or it's it's basically their day job. And I like that this you know Tom King was like Monday, and he was fighting one guy, and then it was Tuesday fighting this guy, and you know Thursday, you know he's just going through the weeks and the days, and it was just showing all of these different things that Batman went through. Basically, it was like a weekend in the life of Batman. And I thought that was just a really cool perspective. Um, he had a lot of Easter eggs towards the end when he was just showing like a bunch of different days of what Batman was fighting on. He hinted at his own stories. And uh, I just thought it was just a really cool concept for an annual. Annuals, a lot of people say, sometimes are not continuity. But although I think kings have all been continuity because they go along with his stories. And yeah, I just thought this was a really cool perspective comic to where you can see the... like time frame of how batman deals with all this stuff every single day in his life and i thought it was just i thought it was just a cool concept that's what i really enjoyed about it yeah i i like the concept of the book i didn't like mm-hmm. how you know they tried to match the days up in the beginning but then yeah. that one story i think the third story took over like a course of like three years or whatever but yeah. you know it is what it is i really did uh enjoy the which one was it that I really, really liked? Uh, no, the one that I was just like, oh, come on. I rolled my eyes was the I'm Batman mm-hmm. one with the, oh, yeah, with the yeah. alien or whatever, the omnipotent mm-hmm. being. But, I mean, it, it was very clever for him to do the montage of, uh, like you said, you know, whenever people write a Batman story, they should think of all of Batman's continuity, you know, yeah. taking a course of like three or four years. And mm-hmm. that's basically what Tom King did. And like you said, it was basically a, a history of Batman. And so people could see upon it as a, you know, hey, this is the 5G history of Batman. But yeah, my number six for this top 10 is going to be Detective 1004, The Origin Ooh. of Astrid Arkham. This yeah. that barely missed my list. <laughs> this yeah. one was very, very interesting. Um, I really yeah. love the backstory of uh, Amadeus Arkham mm-hmm. and his wife, you know, the nurse or the doctor of Arkham Asylum and how yeah. everything went to chaos. Batman was helping and that stray Batarang killed her mm-hmm. and through that story, Astrid, you know, basically wanted, you know, these were all of her friends. Like, it's in a weird mm-hmm. way. All of the Arkham Asylum inmates were her friends. You know, they would 
read her books through the uh, glass in their cell and all this stuff was very very intriguing and just kind of a messed up way for somebody to be raised in an asylum but of course uh, Amadeus didn't really have anybody to help him raise that child and Mm -hmm. unfortunately the person to help him or the people to help them help him were these crazy psychotic you know weirdos in Arkham yeah but you know we still have yet to see a return of this character. Um, there's yeah. rumors that she will make another appearance in the future. Uh, Brad mm-hmm. Walker is coming back to Detective soon with a Two-Face story, I believe, uh, pretty soon. Okay. Uh, but I'm sh- didn't you talk to him at San Diego? Yeah. Saying that- I talked to him at San Diego Comic-Con. He said that after uh, this that arc had ended... Uh, the next few ones were planned out, so he would be back later on. Nice. But he says that Arkham Knight will return, so uh, we do have that to expect in the future. Awesome. Um, that that was really good. Yeah, it it barely missed my top ten. I was like, man, that's such a good story because I think that was a really good. First of all, it was a brand new character, and we got an origin for him, and or her, I should say. And I thought that was really awesome. Like it was a really good origin, and it was a like a well, like well put together idea of like why this person would hate batman yeah instead of just being like i'm a villain you're the good guy i hate you like no she had a personal attachment to why she hated him and i thought that was really cool and i think that and and the biggest thing was that was when i was enjoying tomasi whereas i have not really enjoyed anything after arkham knight yeah so yeah, so that was another reason. That was definitely going to be on my list, but I axed it for a different uh, detective story. So um, moving on to number five, I actually have Batman seventy five, which is the start of City of Bane, and the reason why that is on my list is because we had never seen Gotham taken over the way we had seen City of Bane. No one has ever just fully taken over Gotham replaced replaced all the police with villains they locked everything down they had a superhero in gotham girl protecting the whole city from nobody else coming in and it was just like this insane story and although a lot of people had already jumped off of tom king's run at this point that issue sold out and people were like city of bane is insane and i thought that was really cool because we hadn't, again, we just hadn't seen Gotham taken over like that. Nobody's ever beat Batman in a, such a way to where villains are ruling the whole freaking city. Usually it's something like there's a disaster, like, uh, what was it, uh, No Man's Land, mm-hmm. where the earthquake destroyed the whole city, so everybody took a part of it or whatever. And uh, we've had things like that, or, you know, there's a big bomb and Batman's got to freaking, uh, you know, disarm it. But it's usually, it's over at the end of the story, you know? But this was... Apparently, in continuity terms, City of Bane was happening over months. So the city was, like, taken over for months, and Batman wasn't there. And I thought that was just really cool because, you know, I enjoy things that... It's it's very hard in 80 years to do something original or to do something different. And to have something like City of Bane happen, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And visually, it was dope, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It really did look awesome, that issue. Um, and, you know, Tony Daniels is getting, you know, basically the new start of a Batman series. And he's putting yeah. all that he's got in those panels because we have seen previews. They look amazing. Yeah. But 
Let's move on to number five, the halfway point, the bullet that shattered Dick Grayson. Uh, Nick, the Nightwing annual number mm-hmm. two was probably the small glimmer of hope that I have for <laughs> this book whatsoever. You know, after I believe it was Batman 56. Yes. And of course, Nightwing 50 uh, was the aftermath of it. But of course, mm-hmm. Dick Grayson was shot by KG Beast on top of mm-hmm. the GCPD. And this is basically showing why or how he lost his memory. Everybody thought that it was because the bullet did, you know, some hemorrhaging in the brain, some trauma to his his head and his brain. But that is not the case. The case in this book, of course, was the psychiatrist that he was seeing was secretly a part of the uh, Court of Owls and the Talons, and they were secretly Mm -hmm. basically making Nightwing the Talon that he was always meant to be. And this was just a really interesting story, you know, because when they made Dick Grayson into Rick, nobody at that point who was writing Rick Grayson was really doing anything with the character. They were kind of just running around in circles inside Bloodhaven, doing really nonsense stuff. It wasn't very interesting. But when Dan Jurgens said he was taking the helm, he really wanted to make it a character piece. This story on its own gave so much hope to Nightwing fans. It gave mm-hmm. an, it gave a legitimate reason to what had happened to him. But not only that, if they gave him a reason for the amnesia, for the, you know, memory loss, then in my mind, that gives me a reason that he will get it back. You know? Yeah. So it shows that little glimmer of hope. It was something that I didn't think I was going to like whatsoever, but I tried it. I wanted to see what Dan Jurgens had done because I had heard some whispers that it was really good. And when I read mm-hmm. it, I was very, very interesting, uh, interested, and I was fairly surprised. So Yeah, nice. Uh, do you want to correct us on something? Batman 55 is when he got shot. Okay. 56 is when he kicked uh, KGB's ass. Okay, okay. That was uh, that was that weird uh, story as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so correction on that. But yeah, that that issue was actually really good. It did actually give hope to anybody reading that story because I jumped off Nightwing. I was like, this is terrible. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to continue reading this. And um, but yeah, Jurgens has actually been able to make something out of nothing, in my opinion. And I am excited to see where that story goes. I haven't read the last issue of Nightwing. I have been reading it since that came out, but. Uh, yeah, I haven't been able to read the latest issue, so I want to see where it was going, because I, I think the last thing I read, he had just put on the talent suit. So, you know, that it's going somewhere. It's really interesting. And I just like the idea that the court is still trying to get him after all of these years. It's it's basically, that's his League of Assassins to yeah. Batman. And so I do enjoy that, and that was a really cool story. So I'm excited to see where Jurgens goes with that, because um, we have not had a lot of hope with that character in a very long time. <laughs> so, um, moving on to number four, still sticking with the Tom King verse, but uh, Batman 77, and this is the death of Alfred. And, Wait, what is this uh, number? This was, the, the reason why this one's special is because this is what started the podcast. This so is your number four, right? This very first episode. This huh? is your number four? This is my number four. Guess what? Yes. What? It's my number four. Your number four? 
Nice. Okay. So we can <laughs> talk about this too. So we match up on one of them. Uh, but yeah, so Batman 77 is uh, the death of Alfred. And I thought this was a really good issue just because it was, one, it was Damien coming into the city and he was like, screw this. That, it's the kind of mindset you think Damien would have. He's like, fuck Batman, fuck everybody else. I'm going to do this on my own because I know I can do it. And he goes in, he beats Gotham Girl. He beats up, uh, I think, uh, Two-Face and freaking uh, Scarecrow, if I'm not mistaken. And he meets, you know, Thomas Wayne, Flashpoint Batman, on a rooftop. And he's, like, being very Damian Wayne. He's like, you're not my father, you're not my grandfather. Like, you're nobody, you're not Batman. And they fight, and, of course, t uh, Flashpoint Batman gets the best of him. Ends up capturing Damian, and he sees the death of Alfred. Uh, we see Bane snap Alfred's neck. And at first, we were like, holy crap, this is insane. And then we were like, hopefully this is not a cop-out. Going back to Batman 78, we hear that, you know, freaking Alfred sent a message and that he's safe. And so we were like, oh, shit, Alfred's alive. Then it turns out that Alfred sent that message, when we find out later on in other issues, Batman, I mean, Alfred sent that message because he knew there was no way out. And he just needed Batman to come back and save the city. So he was going to go ahead and take whatever consequence was going to be dealt to him. And, uh, of course, he did leave a note for Batman and everything like that. But I thought 77 was awesome, again, because it started this podcast. But it also was not a cop-out. Like, they killed a big Batman character, and he's going to stay dead. And we've seen people this year get killed in comics and come back the next issue. So uh, I just enjoy that, you know, a character actually died. As far as we know, they're going to be dead for the next year or two. So, uh, yeah, it's just really crazy to see a longtime Batman character actually die in main continuity. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the big reasons why this had to be on my list is, like you said, this is what started the podcast, episode one. And, you know, we did thought it was a cop-out. We, we automatically assumed yeah. that it was going to be Clayface. Or that it was mm -hmm. going to be some smoke and mirrors with the uh, Flashpoint Batman, and yeah. you know, you know that one big hurrah that that Damien had when he ran into Gotham and Gotham Girl was trying to attack him, and he said, "Well, you know what? I did this one thing," and he used what was it like a magic wand magic, or something, yeah. and was able to grab her. Really, really cool, and mm -hmm. you know, it was. Like you said, the death of a big staple character of Batman, you know, the constant yeah. Robin of Batman was always Alfred, no matter what. And to kill him yeah. means a lot moving forward with the Batman character. Now, we are getting a lot mm -hmm. more of the remembrance of Alfred and the uh, uh, Pennyworth or R.I.P. Pennyworth or whatever it's going to be called uh, in February. Yeah. So we're going to be getting a lot of the repercussions to that. We've had a lot to deal with, For sure. you know, at the end of this year with uh, City of Bane, Flashpoint Batman, uh, a lot of the detective stuff. But we're finally going to be able to slow down a bit, talk about Alfred, and see maybe what he meant to Bruce overall, but maybe to some other, some other characters in the DC Universe as well. So we'll mm -hmm. see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that story. Uh, but moving on to number three is the story that uh, knocked out freaking uh, 1004, and that is Bat uh, Detective 1000. So this is kind of cheating because there's multiple stories in it, but it was one issue. So uh, Bat Detective 1000 had some really solid stories. 
We had the really solid detective story from Scott Snyder. I really enjoyed that where there's like this society of detectives or like this secret club yeah. of detectives. Uh, I He should branch that out after like this White Knight stuff. He should really branch that story out because that was really cool. Like they're all trying to go after – it's basically they have a library of unsolvable mysteries. Oh, that would be like, that awesome. That is a really cool concept. That should be a story for detective. Yeah, that, exactly. So that was like really cool. Then we had uh, the Kevin Smith story. Which like he took the me- the gun that killed his parents, melted it down, and put it on his like chest plate mm-hmm. to always protect him. Like that was interesting. He took a negative and made it a positive. We had the Tom King uh, photo uh, story, which was really cool. The family photo, and we actually had a good Brian Michael Bendis story, <laughs> which was surprising. And uh, yeah, so I mean, Detective One Thousand was you know it's this milestone. 80 years of Batman. There was a lot of good art in there. There was a lot of good writing. And I think it was just a cool book. And we saw that other companies do 1,000 issues and they're complete trash. <laughs> so I'm glad that DC didn't, you know, drop the ball with this one. And they actually put good creative teams together and gave them a few pages to actually tell a story. For sure. I thought it was pretty dope. For sure. Yeah. Uh, You know... I have a individual story for 1,000 on my list. It's actually my number two, but right now we're going to do number three for me, and that's going to be Batman 78. I know it was number seven on your list. It's number yeah. three on mine, mainly because of Clayman. You know, me and you actually argued over this issue on what it mm-hmm. meant for Batman and what it meant for Tom yeah. King, and I said it was bullshit, but I really loved the art in this book, you know? Me and you were both in awe on how Clayman was actually able to stick actual water onto this page and not make it yeah. wet, you know? Yeah. And just overall, being a gorgeous, beautiful book from cover to cover. And, you know, I still, I don't think since Michael Turner have seen a book this beautiful since, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Yeah. So that is why it is number three on my list. Yeah, number freaking uh, – that was awesome. So go ahead and do your number two then since you said it was from Detective yeah. and we just talked about so Detective. So Detective 1000, I'm going to choose the Kevin Smith story for my number mm-hmm. two. Now, the reason why is like you said, he turned a negative of the Batman origin into mm-hmm. something very beautiful in the Batman yeah. mythos. And to make le- to actually make it canon is just amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. He was able to buy this gun that, you know, killed the Waynes. It had somehow made its way into the black market. He was able to find the um, merchant who had the gun in his possession. He won, you know, he was using his Matches Malone uh, persona to purchase this gun. He got it all the way to the Batcave and he immediately melted it down. And, you know, in between these you know this story of him melting it down you get to see him fighting all of his rogues gallery you see zaz you see catwoman you see scarface you see uh killer croc you see harley you see freaking scarecrow all of them are hitting him in the chest right where his emblem is back when he had the uh, yellow and black emblem mm-hmm. and you see him make it this melted down gun into 
a, you know, shield, basically, that is covering his heart. Um, excuse me. Mm -hmm. His heart. And to be honest, when I read this, I, like, was basically getting choked up because of yeah. how beautiful this was. And for somebody who doesn't have the greatest history in writing a Batman story because he yeah. made Batman soil himself, uh, mm. you know, it, I was very surprised at, you know, Kevin Smith having this kind of potential for a Batman story. Yeah, no, it was very surprising because I've said if I ever had to make a top 10 worst Batman list, Kevin Smith's freaking, uh, I think it's not Cacophony, it's uh, Widen Gyre would be yeah. on there. Because every girl is sexualized in that book. Um, and it's, you know, think Poison Ivy's like getting Batman high with her fucking weed and like pheromones. And it's just a terrible <laughs> book. So, um, but seeing that he was able to do that and add to the Batman canon and be really good. Yeah, that book was solid. And that's why I put Detective on my list as well. Um, but yeah, it was a solid book. But moving on to uh, number two, for me, is Batman 85. So this just came out, but this is kind of, this is just the end of Tom King's main continuity story, and it's just a culmination of just, what, four years now? Yeah. Three years? Four, four years? And, um, you know, it, it, it added so, it like sewed up every little thing for me. And, you know, he... I've been I've been reading everything Tom King's done since he's been on the Batman run, and he had the scene with Gotham Girl of giving her the freaking white kryptonite and giving her powers back. I thought that was really awesome because that was a random ass side story. Platinum kryptonite. Files. Platinum kryptonite, and um, that was just a random story in Secret Files that a lot of people thought was just going to be a throwaway story. He brought it into his continuity, which was really cool. Uh, we saw just finally Catwoman and Batman getting married. We didn't get a wedding, but, you know, they're like, you know what? Fuck the law. Like, you know, we do things outside of the law all the time, so we're married. That so that was finally cool. You know, we had that whole, like, we see where Batman's going. Like, you know, he's trying to make peace with the whole Alfred stuff. You know, he buried him and everything like that. And it was just like, it was just him sewing up all these sides. We saw where Flashpoint Batman is and what's happened to him. And I thought it was just really cool and like I, I don't really have much more to say about it just because we talked about it all last podcast but i i just i had to put this on my list and it's way up there because in 2019 we've read a lot of good stories and the final issues have been crap so for this to actually not fall flat which it could have definitely fell flat um i have to just you know i have to praise it and i thought that was really cool and um yeah i just it's it's also kind of like bittersweet because I've enjoyed this run for so long and I'm not going to get back cat for April at the earliest. We still don't have a date on that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know when I'll be getting more Tom King Batman. I don't know when the button thing is supposed to come out, whatever the hell that is. He still hasn't talked about it. And uh, yeah, 85 was uh, something I really enjoyed and had to be very high on my list. Yeah, it was very, very solid. You know, uh, I don't know if I said this on the actual podcast when we when we reviewed it, but there's actual friends mm -hmm. of mine that hated Tom King's run ever since 50 and beyond. And they mm -hmm. came out on 85 and said, God damn, I think Tom King made a really good issue. Yeah. So he was able to stick the landing for a, you know, another 35 issues that mm -hmm. was kind of rocky. We said, you know, before, 
a lot of people jumped off at the nightmares. It was very confusing. Mm-hmm. It was very frustrating. And, you know, you know, we didn't see what was coming after that. So a lot of people left the book, didn't come back. Then there was rumors of a Bat Cat reunion. And so people jumped on for that. They didn't like most yeah. of that because it was right after the death of mm-hmm. Alfred. Alfred. So, you know, it was very up and down since the the wedding issue but he did stick a very big landing and let's move on to number one because i got the feeling what was your number two? Oh, did i n- my number two was detective no. oh yeah was it okay yeah. then I, I don't know what i was behind i guess okay that's weird yeah number one is our we're the same here right yeah it's joker year yeah, yeah 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 of course yeah it, it is. is so <laughs> this book was amazing because i know we can gush about it what was your favorite part of it? Oh, you know what my the favorite dog, part is. Yes. The dog part. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it might sound like it might sound like I'm a horrible person in saying this, <laughs> but this page where you just see Joker uh yeah. shooting the guy saying he's got a gun and then immediately yeah. yelling at the dog and saying the dog's got a gun. Like yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that most of these uh panels are separated mm-hmm. by ha ha ha's is really yeah. really cool and like we said i think it was two episodes ago or an episode ago i can't remember but mm-hmm. the writer of this book of course is john carpenter john carpenter the man is like what 70 70 something yeah yeah like 71 or something like that yeah i think yeah. he's like i think he's like 72 or 73 but to make this funny of a book with the mm-hmm. Joker and have it like actually mean something because anybody anybody can write a really nonsense Joker, but to give it meaning for this yeah. character, I forgot what his name was. This you know random side character that was in yeah. Arkham with Joker at the time before it you know blew up or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and he learns a very valuable lesson. It's not that joker is crazy he's just evil you know yeah so Mm -hmm. but to overall just have this one page if if out of complete out of context whatever if somebody just gave me this page of he's got a gun the dog's got a gun like oh i would frame it immediately it's just hilarious and i love it but you know even the homage to the uh, killing Jason with a crowbar at the very end mm-hmm. when he's beating this guy with a crowbar. Like, even that looked beautiful when he's looking up into the light and, you know, ha- yeah. kind of having his hands draped or whatever. Beautiful, mm-hmm. like, beautiful, beautiful art in this issue. Um, it was something that I wasn't really looking for because You're the Villain so far was not doing yeah. that great. The one-shots were kind of meh, you know? Mm-hmm. And so having this crazy of a story with the Joker, having the homage to Batman 66, it was all just really, really crisp and really good. Yeah, no, this story was surprisingly good because I wasn't expecting anything to really come from a John Carpenter uh, comic. Like, I just wasn't expecting anything. I know he's a good writer, but I think this is the same. He does movies, right? Or he writes movies, right? If I'm not mistaken. And I've seen some of this stuff, and I know a lot of his later stuff wasn't so great. 
So I was just like, oh, this is not going to be too awesome. But to nail the Joker so well, like you got the zany part of Joker and you got the evil part of Joker in this book was so freaking good. And it's very rare somebody can do that very well. We know Tomasi tried it earlier on in Detective Run. I hated that issue. I did not really like it. And to get something like this from somebody who is 70 plus years old, <laughs> when we have other people in DC that are 20 years younger writing terrible stuff, it just blew my mind. And, you know, it just shows you that some people just know how to write. And John Carpenter definitely knows how to do that. Because, yeah, they had he had the homages. He had the freaking uh, Batman and Robin 66, basically Joker and this kid going around playing the idea of being Batman. I thought that was really cool. We had the Condiment King cameo, which was really funny. And also, he still somehow managed, a, managed to... A, he was able to fit this story into Tom King's City of Bane. And we had a discussion on that podcast when we talked about Joker that like, oh, this doesn't make sense because Joker's in freaking blah, blah, blah. Well, it turned out that that Joker in Tom King's run was actually Clayface. Yeah. So Joker wasn't falling under Bane's rule because he never would. He would always just, he plays by his own rules. He'll, he'll play along, but he'll never do anything he doesn't want to. And so we saw that, you know, City of Bane wasn't, you know, controlling Joker. And we got this really awesome story. And he was just doing Jokery shit in Gotham when Batman wasn't around. So, um, yeah, this story is definitely the best Batman story of the year, which didn't even involve Batman, <laughs> but it involved the Joker. And I think it was great. And I would definitely... What are you talking about? I see Batman take... on almost every single page. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that if John Carpenter wanted to write one book a year, I'd be fine with it. I don't want to overdo it. I want it to be just that little, like, here's one little drop in the hat. Like, every once in a while, yeah. I'd be down with it. Um, because this was this was awesome. Um, I don't, wouldn't want him on a main run or anything like that, but this would be really cool. If he wants to do, like, a three-story, give him a black label book. I'd read it. For um, sure, for sure. That wouldn't be too bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, going down with that, you're the, I mean, Joker, you're the villain. If you haven't read it, download it, go buy it in your comic shop because it is definitely worth the read. I will say I wasn't a big fan of the, uh, cover of it, like that art style, yeah. but other than that, everything else in it And was there was awesome. several covers of that book. Yeah. I think they really wanted to bank on just the title of Joker. So they actually yeah. had like six or seven covers for that book. So if you want to go out yeah. and look for a really nice and pretty one, then you can definitely yeah. find one. Yeah, for sure. I'm. I hope that that gets put into a hardcover eventually. Like that would be really nice because I'm pretty. Oh, yeah. I don't want it to be in a year of the villain book. Like you know, all of them. Unfortunately, and I think it might. But I would love yeah. for it to be enlarged and put into like a one shot hardcover. Yeah. yeah, like I want it to be like the wedding album. Like the way, like just put it, put that story with like some pencils or the script or something in the back. I'd buy it because it's such a good story. For sure. But uh, that is gonna be it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Clay, do you have anything to close out this episode twenty, final episode of twenty nineteen, Batman News Weekly? You know, although we both agree that uh, Tinian is kind of getting cut at the knees, I really hope that he starts off strong and he ends strong for next year. You know, it's something that we're both looking yeah. forward to. Um, you know, 
I was up and down on Tom King's run, but I'm, you know, still invested in the Batman character. Uh, and I hope Tomasi has some better stories for us next year. So, you know, just looking forward into 2020 uh, to really good Batman stories. Yeah, 2020 is going to be a very interesting year. We're getting a new Batman writer, uh, which will lead into 5G towards the end of the year. We're getting Birds of Prey in February, which will more than likely get a trailer sometime in January for that. Uh, we're going to be getting the start of production here in a few weeks on the Batman. So we'll more than likely get a sneak peek at the suit unless, you know, they're doing that super undercover. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm already reading reports about uh, Pattinson doing rehearsals. So uh, 2020 is going to be a really big Batman year. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it is uh, 80 years of Joker. Yep. Uh, I don't think they're doing anything. I think they're focusing on Robin. Yeah, but it's going to be. It is 80 years of I'm Joker. Sure, I'm sure, like, on the actual month or whatever for Joker, they'll yeah. have something. But uh, yeah. having that 80 years of Robin is going to be really exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. <clears throat> I wonder if they'll do, like, a cool um, expose or something. Hopefully that, that, hopefully that month will be the return mm -hmm. of Nightwing. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty dope. But 2020 is going to be exciting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I will be starting another podcast, which is nothing to do with nerdy stuff. We will talk nerd stuff on there, but it's going to be more of a conversation podcast where we talk about more like hard-hitting topics and things in the world. So if you want to listen to that, hopefully that is dropping January 1st, the first episode. Uh, but I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but uh, thank you to anybody that has listened to this podcast for all of 2019. We are going to continue strong in 2020. So please, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast or haven't started downloading all the episodes, go ahead and do that. But as always, hopefully we'll have a new intro or outro in 2020. <laughs> but he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. Remember when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something. I'm a daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.